0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omer Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Today's interview is with Guillermo Sanchez. Guillermo is the co-founder and CEO of Publitas, the easiest way to turn your print catalogs and magazines into interactive, shoppable publications on all devices. Guillermo has bootstrapped the business since it was founded in 2006, and currently, Publitas has over 600 customers, including many leading retail companies. Guillermo, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Omar. Thanks.
0: Now, I gave the audience a brief overview of your product and business, but tell us a little bit more about you personally. Who is Guillermo when he's not working?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, uh, motorcycle aficionado uh, and uh, since uh, uh, a short, since six, six months, father of a beautiful son. Congratulations. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Those are my, uh, together with my wife, are my main uh, uh, occupations uh, outside work nowadays.
0: Okay, and you're you're currently in the Netherlands, right?
1: Yeah, we're uh, actually based in Amsterdam. uh, Okay. In the uh, beautiful city of Amsterdam, in the city center, uh, in between the canals.
0: Very nice. Now, we like to kick things off with a success quote to better understand what drives and motivates our guests. What is one of your favorite quotes?
1: Um, as you've probably heard from my uh, name, uh, my roots lie in Spain. So I'm uh, originally Spanish. And uh, in normally uh, that means that I, genetically I'm not very structured always. Let's say my uh, <laughs> precondition. So um, some years ago I read a quote from uh, Eisenhower. I think, I believe it was uh, uh, MacArthur or Eisenhower, one of the things they said when, let's say, uh, going uh, uh, to war, uh, plans are worthless, but it was the planning that was indispensable. So, uh, and the thing is, uh, you know, I don't like to operate with very strict plans, but uh, that gives me some uh, comfort uh, in in that thought that I try to uh, plan as much as possible, but then accept that uh, in chaos, uh, I will find my way.
0: And so is, is that kind of uh, reflective of the way that you've built this business?
1: Uh, yeah, in, to a certain extent, I think so. So we I, actually, uh, the idea for this company uh, originated uh, all together with a uh, former uh, college buddy uh, on a Friday evening uh, in the pub, uh, drinking a beer. And uh, Monday, uh, that's, not why,
0: that's not why it's called Publitas, right?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> actually, that's a very good coincidence. Maybe we should add that story, but in this case, no. Uh, we needed a, a name that sounded. Uh, we wanted a .com domain that sounded good, and uh, it was quite tricky and something with publishing. So, uh, but uh, actually, we uh, we had some ideas, and um, he is uh, very good with uh, uh, yeah fiddling with technology. And literally, um, uh, the next Monday, I quit my job. So, wow. Uh, yeah, that was how much planning we put into the into the business.
0: Wow. Okay, so let's start by um, giving our listeners a better understanding of exactly what Publitas is. Who are your target customers and what are the top pain points that you're trying to solve for them?
1: Yeah. Okay. So we have, uh, we've developed, um, a publishing, uh, platform, or you could say, uh, that enables you to take, uh, for example, a PDF and create a, a very nice online catalog, uh, that's shoppable, completely responsive on mobile devices that looks, re- uh, works really well. So, um, our biggest and most important customers are, uh, mainly retail companies. So, uh, for example, In the U.S., um, uh, that might be companies like Home Depot that have um, uh, weekly ads or catalogs uh, that they want to um, make uh, shoppable and accessible uh, on mobile devices. Um, So uh, next to that, nowadays, we also have um, uh, freemium versions of uh, our application, and those are used uh, by... Yeah, almost all kinds of business. We have cost, you, uh, hospitals uh, that you want to publish brochures or uh, this could be, uh, yeah, uh, schools. Uh, uh, actually, we have uh, all kinds of uh, uh, yeah uh, segments uh, in our, our customer list. But let's say a very important customer for us are retail companies um and here in europe you, uh, uh uh let's say we work uh yeah with almost uh all leading companies um and in countries like we originated in uh in the netherlands where we have almost uh we work for seventy percent of all nationally operating retail companies
0: Wow. okay so tell- tell me a little bit more about where the idea came from so you you and a and a friend were in a pub um what what was the problem that you guys started talking about that you wanted to solve
1: yeah so um uh, me and uh, uh who's uh, my co- uh, co-founder um uh, yeah we know each other uh we've known each other for years uh um yeah Khalil basically had developed a new technology to uh, publish uh pdfs online so it was still, still very early stage so we came together had a beer on friday like we uh uh we're used to uh, having once in a while um i was working as a consultant uh, uh for deloitte <coughs> after uh, uh graduating uh college and i did that for a couple of years so we got together and he showed it to me and uh he uh, asked me you know what uh, you know what do you think about the technology basically even from the technology part you know the, so um i myself had you know always i've been selling um uh, yeah stuff since I was four years old I started selling uh when I was uh four years old I was sending uh let's say my uh uh uh, pencils and pens in the classroom to uh classmates so I always had um, a passion for entrepreneurship so uh after being uh, at Deloitte for some time I thought you know I was looking around and thinking you know is there something that uh, you know that I could get involved in so when we while we were having that meeting he showed me the um the technology and he said you know do you think that we could make a, make a product out of this and and yeah i you know we talked about it and i thought you know uh, i think it would be this technology would be nice yeah, i was a consultant so um uh, i had to carry around uh, a lot of uh, let's say tr- uh, trade journals Where you, you know, uh, you have to read up on, uh, for example, uh, uh, I was uh, in compliance uh, back then, financial compliance. So uh, you got these uh, trade magazines, uh, professional magazines that you had to read and sign. So I would do a lot of international work and I was always carrying this uh, uh, bag, you know, full of these things on the plane and everything to read up uh, on all the current events uh, in between. So I thought, you know, why not create a platform for digital uh, magazines where you can um yeah uh, access all these magazines digitally on your laptop um instead of carrying uh, all this paper around so um yeah and that's how basically how we got started so we developed this platform uh, for professional publishers and uh yeah and then uh, uh yeah uh, got started
0: so what was it about what you saw? Is, is, by the way, is Khalil still involved in the business today?
1: Yeah, Yes, yeah. It's, uh,
0: okay. So what was it about the technology that you saw which convinced you to quit your job the next week?
1: To be real honest, it was not the technology <laughs> because there was very little. There was almost nothing. For me, the what convinced me to quit my job was like, you know, uh, um, yeah I wanted to do you know I wanted to to be an entrepreneur so and uh, uh at that point I had no 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 uh, no children I uh was not living in a very expensive house still was not uh, driving a, two, a car that was too expensive you know what they call here in the Netherlands we call that the, uh, we, I was not in a golden cage so I thought you know before I am I just need to do this I need to get this out of my system and actually uh you know, I, I, at that point, I didn't even care what uh, the possibility was. I just wanted—I was motivated to do it. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, that's why. Um, uh, yeah, there was—we had a nice idea. It seemed like we could do something with that, and we—you know—we just thought there's one way of finding it out: uh, just doing it.
0: And did did Khalil uh, quit his job as well, or? Yeah, he was.
1: Like? <clears throat> yeah, he was actually. Uh, uh, finishing his uh he was still uh, uh in college so uh basically uh uh yeah for him it was more easy to transition in, into that so uh that's why uh yeah we came together and uh, uh yeah and started so we started basically also in our living room um uh of uh, uh let's say uh, an apartment that we rented and uh yeah we we started uh to try to sell because we we didn't have any funding or something like that we it was yeah, a bit like before here in the netherlands at least there was actually like a very good f- also investment uh ecosystem so we basically uh i had some uh, uh savings uh uh i had a, a s- some money uh, in the bank basically and um, yeah uh we used that to survive and how, uh it,
0: how, yeah. how much of a runway did you have like based on your savings how long did you think you could keep going with this before you had to start okay. making money
1: Okay <clears throat> this is this is a very interesting story so I I think if I remember correctly I had about uh uh 20,000 uh, euros uh or uh in the bank and so the funny thing is when once I quit my job uh uh we uh, I, I moved apartments uh <clears throat> to uh to have an apartment where we have a bit more room so uh, i made a stupid mistake of uh the beginner's mistake of let's say quitting my job uh, uh before uh let's say leasing the new apartment <laughs> so of the of that 20 you can already start to uh to maybe anticipate this of those 20 i thought you know we have we have about a runway of twenty thousand euros you know um probably were using up about two thousand euros or maybe uh, thousand to two thousand euros a month so yeah no it gives you 10 months but um then what happened when uh once we rented the new apartment they said yeah but you're unemployed and i told them no we're unemployed i'm starting i started a company yeah but uh, do you have uh three years worth of uh, profit of profitable uh let's say um uh, your profit of loss statements can you show us that you've made a profit you know, three years consecutively and I said no because we don't exist three years so they said okay the only way that we can rent you the apartment is if you uh, let's say uh, pay the rent up front for one year uh, in a deposit and then pay rent anyhow so our own way uh, got, uh, automatically, uh, let's say, uh, reduced to half, uh, to 50%, uh, because of this, uh, unexpected deposit. Wow. So uh, that uh, motivated us, uh, even more to, uh, to, to try to make some money.
0: Okay. So, so you guys, you said you quit your job a week later, you're working on this business. Yeah. Um, yeah what were you trying to sell? I mean, you said there wasn't really there, th- that much there with the technology. So what were you going out and trying to sell to people?
1: Yeah, basically the end, So what we did is and later on when I was reading uh, uh, the Lean Startup, it was really funny because then I found out actually that we were very, uh, we always had been naturally uh, working Lean out of necessity. So we actually started selling uh, the idea that we had initially as a service. So, we we took that technology of creating like a digital publication, and uh, we said, okay, um, if you want, we want to uh, 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 we approach some big publishers here in the Netherlands, and uh, said, okay, if we can create a digital uh, publi- we can create digital publications for you that enable you to sell uh, to, yeah, to make them available to your customer, in digital magazines next to your current subscription models, um, and we'll just do the work for you. So we'll deliver you the end product. So you don't have to uh, yeah, uh, worry about anything doing the production yourself, etc. So, um, so we started what they call a ConShares MVP, and um, yeah, that actually worked uh, very well. Um, and as we grew, uh, we uh, it were our customers actually that helped us define the product and then actually even finance the product and finance basically us. So, so this is how. So tell me, what do you mean by that? So, I mean, with you, you mean by Conshares MVP or? No, I mean
0: with how, how did they help finance you?
1: Yeah, because uh, uh, basically we co-developed the product by them by selling it initially as a service. And oh, while we were delivering the service, we were automating the tasks to provide the service, which eventually led to the product. And at some point we even sold them the new product and collected the money before we had even built the product. <laughs> so... They basically uh, uh, fronted the money for to, for us to go and build the product.
0: How, how did you do that? I, I'm sure th- there's a lesson here for everybody.
1: Selling. Be creative. I mean, uh, work with your customer. I would say that the most important thing is first um, to find a customer that has some kind of problem and work with them. Uh, uh, and we still do this today Um, work with them to genuinely help them solve this problem you know together invest heavily in uh, the relationship in trying to understand them um, uh, in trying to really get a a very deep uh, insight into uh, their business and um, then uh, let's say uh, once you this builds an enormous trust and where there's trust there's uh, let's say uh, people uh, that are Uh, ready or able to invest. And uh, that is what leads to customers to at some point uh, giving you their money because they know that you're going to solve their problem. Uh, So they, yeah, yeah, co-entrepreneur with you almost.
0: Okay. So you you were kind of providing this concierge MVP offering. Um, Were you selling it as a service or were you selling it as a product to these customers?
1: No initially we we was yeah both so we started as a service service and uh, as we productized it step by step we also uh, changed our business model um uh let's say uh, gradually so yeah. to uh, to a more yeah where we're charging more in the form of a product than as a business so yeah
0: so to going back looking at one of those uh, early customers what did you say to them which persuaded them to give you money for something that you weren't able to deliver today. It's like, give me some money and I'll come back with a product sometime in the future. What was that conversation? Like, how did it go?
1: Well, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's all, I would say it's all about trust. I, I see this. We still use this uh, methodology every day. It's about, um, I mean, you're a, you're always able to invest, but, as a startup probably a lot of times not maybe not in money but in time and effort you know so and i uh and uh the the way that you get a customer to give you to front you money to give you money even if you don't have a product is to first invest your time and effort in genuinely uh working with them in trying to understand them um I, I mean and that's basically uh you can do that that's that's free basically so there's nobody uh uh Holding you back to uh, to even providing the the service that you can or uh, perform yourself free of charge of you know and that's where it starts you know uh, you know I really want you <clears throat> nowadays we say this to customers also you know we want to build this feature sometimes there are features that need research or you know need to be co developed and sometimes we we uh, might even propose to some our you know we have very big corporate co- customers also that. Uh, let's say use uh, our standard product but sometimes uh, we even have ideas where we say okay we have this very cool idea we would really want to test that together with you and learn if this works Uh, it would be great if you're able to invest with that you know if you i mean we're gonna put some considerable time in it and build and you know allocate resources if you would be willing to invest also some money with that, you know, uh, to uh, to make the investment uh, uh, possible, because I mean, we're uh, uh, you know you, uh, that makes gives us more room to invest, and <clears throat> uh, yeah, we say you know if you can, it's great. If you can't, we're gonna find a way to do it anyhow, and we'll uh, cooperate with you anyhow. So, uh, and you know, that's openness, I think, you know, when you Begin investing before, uh, when you give before you ask, I think, you know, that creates a very strong relationship.
0: That's so, my philosophy at least. So were you giving away equity in the company for this this investment?
1: No, I was giving uh, time. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, you,
0: you, you don't have a background in sales, right? You haven't worked as a sales guy.
1: Not not before having worked, uh, let's say, in my own company, no.
0: And, and do you think your experience uh, at Deloitte in a a consulting role um, helped you or do you think this was something that goes back to the days of trying to sell the pencils in the classroom?
1: Okay before I started my company uh, the the thing is uh, when I first started Pubitas um, I've never had a background in sales so um uh, my background was in uh, computer science and uh, business administration and then I work uh, uh, went to work for uh, for Deloitte as an international uh, management consultant. So um, I would say I'm good at solving problems and I'm good at I, I mean maybe not even solving problems but working with people and uh, analyzing problems. Uh, so um what I actually learned by uh, eventually by uh, uh, <coughs> once I uh, you know started my own business and I had to sell is that actually the best salespeople are those that really understand the problem and can give a solution because that, uh, that changes the whole concept of selling, right? So uh, uh, that means that, you know, everybody has problems and if you can give a solution, you know, you don't, a lot of times you don't even have to convince somebody to, to uh, like uh, in the form of slap on sales, you know, like, you know, uh, I'm going to sell you something that you don't need. So uh yeah uh, actually I found out that uh uh I was pretty good at sales uh um yeah uh, so that and that helped us enormously because the uh, we financed our growth completely from uh, uh, uh let's say from sales we've never taken uh, basically money from anybody so,
0: so somebody who's listening to this saying I know I need to sell. I need to I need to generate sales, but I am I am just crappy at selling anything, right? So what I'm hearing from you is number 1, focus on building trust before you do anything else. Number 2, understand those those customers problems and then number 2, genuinely try to help find solutions for those problems.
1: Yeah a- I think yeah in terms coming back to the quotes part I think one of the th- most important realizations I think you don't sell to people you make them want to buy and I think if you if you uh, why uh, and that's what I you know what we also use as a guideline here because uh, that's a very fundamental different way of looking at the situation you know when you make when you uh, make somebody want to buy Uh, that means that you have to have a genuine solution you have to have a good product or put effort into making the product better to understanding you know to working in just continuously improving that and at some point what happens is you know uh, selling becomes very easy like it's just bringing for example uh your product into onto the attention of your potential customers right so uh yeah and i think that for every entrepreneur um Uh, I think that that's where basically what it begins, you know, just put the effort in, jump. uh, And nowadays, I mean, uh, again, after reading uh, uh, The Lean Startup and uh, we're like crazy uh, about uh, working lean here, that means that, you know, um, let's say, uh, uh, spend time with your potential customers, spend time with people that you want to help and, you know, start helping them without even building a product. And uh, then la- once you understand uh, what's your problem that you're solving, how much, uh, uh, you know, what kind of worth that problem has, you know, you can work back towards product And then it's actually not that easy. You know, the world is filled with problems that need to be solved. So there's no shortage, sort- uh, shortage of that. So uh, there's actually abundance of problems. So-
0: okay. So how long did it take you to get that first sale?
1: um actually i think probably in the first month or something so uh in the first month uh, again we were very much we were very motivated after the shock that we've just lost 50% of our runway <laughs> so actually for me that was like holy crap what 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 just what what happened what hit us which was hit us so uh that that really like you know uh put us to work and um i started <clears throat> I had no idea where to start a- a- again, so uh, I've done everything. You know, when we started, we scraped emails. We, yeah, I would say we we sent like something that would probably consider, be considered a bit spammy email. We did everything that we could do, you know, to learn. We just thought, you know, let's try it. You know, I mean, we don't we don't want to break any laws or something, but everything that's permitted, let's just do it. You know, at some point we even you know talk about uh, thought about you know shall we call companies from the yellow pages you know we just you know let's just and the thing is when you uh and again going back from lean when you i mean they're obviously nowadays you know you have an, uh, great resources that will help you um, conceptualize a lot of things much faster so i really believe you know just get started and then you know start start um, learning as fast as possible as you can but uh you know when we started A couple of years ago, again, you know, you you didn't have like uh, resources like Quora, you know, Quora is like gold, you know, you want to sell a SaaS business to business product, you go on Quora, uh, um, follow the right people and you will get a very good idea of where to start so uh, yeah and uh, but for us it was the first month and you uh, like a lot of companies you know just start contacting reaching out selling you know uh, we we started just before linkedin was really popular which is i think a very powerful business tool so for us it was just you know googling somebody googling who's responsible for you know uh, uh, at the publishers and just uh, uh, finding a way to getting them on the phone and uh, we just did
0: Looking back at that first year, what do you think was one of the biggest mistakes that you made?
1: Yeah, I think um, the biggest mistakes um, uh, for us, I mean, uh, I would say um, not realizing that we were a product company and a technology company. So at some point, um, so we were delivering a software platform and um uh so basically that makes you a technology company but uh like like i said myself i was very sales oriented so uh at some some point so you you sometimes you forget how let's say how powerful it is to have very good people on board for example that can build all these ideas that you have like really you know in a in a exceptional way So what we did initially, we started investing too much in sales initially uh, instead of investing, for example, more into the product and making a better product and building out a better team. So, yeah, and that eventually caught up with us. Um, uh, Yeah, at some point it uh, it catches up with you that you, for example, that that our certain markets started to grow and we started to get competitors that were uh, developing much faster than than, uh, we would do so um yeah that was a, a important lesson um another lesson i think for me was also and i'm, I'm trying to apply this now is, is think bigger um i mean the good thing about working lean is you know just get started but sometimes you get so so uh, trapped in uh, the incremental improvements that you forget you know to really step out and think you know um how do i really for example in our case you know how do we uh, pivot this company to a a a billion uh, dollars uh, a year revenue company which i think you can do but the thing is uh if you don't have if you're too busy like uh um, if you don't create the time you know to also uh, zoom out yeah you sometimes you go on uh, incrementally uh, you could say uh, uh let's say premature optimization right so these are the things i think that uh, yeah i realized that i could have done better
0: Okay, so you you started selling, you started getting customers, and then you started investing in in building the product. At what point do you feel that you started to get some meaningful traction with the business?
1: I mean, yeah, with us, traction went uh, in two stages. Like, uh, so initially we bu- we built our product. Uh, okay, initially, so we started selling it as a concert MVP. An idea was to create a digital pub, uh, digital magazine platform. For publishers, <clears throat> for uh, and specifically professional uh, publishers/slash trade publishers, you know the the guys that make uh, the magazine, for example, for uh, you know um, uh, auditors or you know. The, the, so, okay, um, so the the what we did is uh, we started. Um, uh we approached some very big uh, uh publishers and said okay we're going to help you make the transition to digital and we're going to we're going to create a product for you that's uh going to enable you to and uh yeah this was just to create some context this was just before the launch of the iPad so we were a bit too early because actually all the ideas that we have nowadays you know if you go to a, a an iBooks uh, uh application of or where where actually Amazon is doing uh we had that like 6 years ago like so but uh so we started with the publishers and then we noticed two things. One is that actually the publishers were not very interested in the internet. <laughs> uh and this is really funny so be, uh, because their business model was mainly um based on moving paper, I will say. So they were earning their money not specifically by somebody reading the magazine but more by putting it in your mailbox. And this whole digital thing was actually uh more a threat at that point than it was like a, a profit um because it was very uh, profit made it was very transparent so the uh, the advertisers would ask you know tell us about the readership and those numbers would be lower uh than in uh, in reality what they were reporting so this is one thing so and next so we found out at some point that even though the idea was good so it was very difficult to scale it uh, to a uh, extent where you can get, a, you know, a viable company over time. You want to hit certain growth rates. And uh, later on, I've uh, learned uh, in, in an interesting, blo- uh, you know, Paul Graham uh, of Y Combinator writes a, a lot about this, that you know that you have traction you, when you're uh, growing on a weekly base uh, between 5 to 15%. You, then you have product market fit. You have achieved product market fit. So this is a very interesting case where you see that okay, there is a customer, there is a customer willing to pay, but you're not getting the growth rates. So at some point we said, okay, I mean, this is actually not going anywhere. uh Not not you know this is not a company. I mean, we wanna we wanna cr- grow. Uh, uh, yeah, b- uh, become bigger. So that's when we decided to step back and look at okay. You know, are there other customers that might have use for this technology? And um, actually, at that moment, we were approached by a retail company uh, here in the Netherlands, uh, like uh, you could say uh, the the, uh, the European equivalent of Walmart, that was interested in the technology um, for the exact, exact uh, opposite reason that the publishers were not uh, interested. Uh, we, uh, let's say the engine that we developed uh, to publish uh, the magazines uh, enabled you to completely uh, analyze who was reading which products on which page for how long etc which at that point was fairly new because it was based in Flash and uh, uh, yeah, Flash was this, like this closed system and nobody yeah, could see inside so we had developed that thinking that it was, would be neat for advertisers but uh, actually uh, the advertise the, the publishers yeah, they were not happy with that transparency but the retailer actually was uh was very excited because uh, for the first time it enabled them to publish their uh weekly ads and get insights into how customers were uh going through the uh the weekly ads and the promotional catalogs so uh, yeah we did a trial with them and actually realized that even though that that was not the most obvious place for us to start you know when we uh launched the product that the the product market fit and the value for them was many times bigger than actually the 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 publisher at that point so and this is actually when uh we uh when we did a pivot okay so we this customer was a, a bit by accident we realized by talking to the customer that the value was actually much higher so then we started talking to other customer uh, to other uh, retail companies and uh, uh so we basically transitioned the same product we kept the product the same so we said okay we're not going to sell it to resell uh, to retailers and um yeah then we saw the uh, that we yeah, grew very fast in the netherlands initially uh and uh, at that point we said okay now it's now that we know that we really have traction uh, we decided to do a rebuild of the product and so and you know geared to, towards that market
0: so, what do you think would have happened if you hadn't refocused the business on retailers back then and continued yeah. with publishers
1: i mean i think uh we would probably be uh would not exist today uh uh yeah so because the, the business was not growing and there, it was stagnating stagnating and yeah at some point uh, the thing is and that's what i that's also quite interesting like for example at that point for publishers um two things could have happened one is we would have been uh, out of business uh, the reason why is uh, 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 and this is very interesting also for entrepreneurs a lot of the times you see that uh, you have uh, I think it's Gardner that has this what they call the hype cycle right so um, so a lot of things um, uh, initially the the reasons for uh, for companies uh, you know to try certain technologies uh, are not always because they think that this is a good structural thing to do so it's more because they're looking you know there's this new technology um and that and they they're, they are unsure of how this is going to fit within their business and i just to give an example maybe you know in retail you have something like they call narrow casting where these screens in uh in stores so this technology a couple of years you know hit the market and you there was like you know narrow casting was everywhere you know you had screens everywhere people were trying stuff but um uh a friend of mine also told me you know uh this was being financed from budgets uh innovation innovation budgets so because the companies didn't know exactly you know what you know how we're going to use this new uh channel and we're still learning and do we need to do something but what happens at some point they understand they figure it out and so uh, it moves away from the realm of you know innovation budget towards you know actual uh let's say allocated budget for this channel and this being a part of your channel mix so what happens is um, that mean if you as a company are not solving a problem that is structurally a problem that's going to be solved you know so the hype if you don't if there's not a way to move uh, this uh let's say through the hype cycle what happens is your business ends so for us <clears throat> the digital magazine th- thing you know I think we were too early in, in the business to survive the hype cycle because they would have rather have killed it, but uh so we probably would have died before the ipad has had uh let's say uh taken off, or maybe not, we will never know, but um uh, certainly we noticed that yeah i mean uh, that uh, uh we were in the innovation uh yeah stage, so we noticed that you were you were not getting the repetitive business that we would like to have.
0: So let's talk about the business today. How much revenue did you guys do in 2014?
1: Yeah, we're close to uh, two million euros a year. Okay, which is Uh, in terms of dollars? Yearly current. yeah. Dollar value depends, I think, (laughs) on what the we actually don't look too much (laughs) at what the dollar is doing, but I think right now it's probably somewhere like uh, one point twenty. So that would be uh, around. yeah, two and two and a half million dollars uh, uh, oh. of yearly recurring revenue. And and
0: how how are you guys tracking for this year?
1: Uh, yeah, we're, I mean, let's say our next goal is to grow to uh, ten million um, recurring. And I actually don't care if it's dollar or euros, but ten million <laughs> yearly recurring revenue. The reason why is, and uh, I follow uh, this very good VC and entrepreneur, uh, Jason Lemkin, um, uh, of Storm Ventures, I think. And he says, you know, from zero to one million is impossible. From one million to 10 million is unlikely, I think. And from 10 million to 100 million is inevitable. So that's the next step to become a micro brand. So, yeah, we've rebuilt our platform. We are getting this revenue mainly of European markets with a a very big market share in the Netherlands. And now, actually, we're rolling out internationally. It's going very well. So, we're uh, getting customers in the US uh, uh, with uh, uh, Mexico, Canada, uh, yeah, uh, Turkey. So uh, uh, And, uh, yeah, uh, so we hope to uh, hit the the 10 million uh, within two two years. That's uh, our... uh, um, our goal. We're aiming to at least get hundred percent, 50, uh, 150% growth, uh, year on year.
0: Wow. <clears throat> now some people would look at the, the print business and the publishers that you were going after and say, okay, that was probably a smart move, right? I mean, that industry we know is in decline anyway. And if they're not embracing online, they're going to have a problem. But I think even if you look at retailers, publishing is becoming easier and easier, right? So so do you foresee this time where these publishers won't need to take the step to go to a PDF, to then go to publish something, and they'll already have the tools to be able to go directly and publish this stuff themselves? And yeah. As that happens, how do you see the role of publicitas?
1: Yeah, uh, here you go. And that's what I mean uh, with continuously pivoting and reinventing yourself. We're helping develop. The, we're now, as we speak, helping them develop those tools uh, together uh, that they're going to use. Uh, so, uh, again, like we did when we started. So, uh, only we're now doing it with the trust and uh, the, yeah, the the relation and even, you know, the funding uh, that they're providing us to take that next step. So, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is we are always inventing our next product together with our customers. So what we're selling today is not, we know that that's not the reality uh, in uh, in two years. So where we want to be two, in two years, we're actually now developing together already with our customers.
0: Got it, got it. And how big is the business today? How many people do you have working there?
1: We're actually uh, quite small. Uh, uh, So uh, at this moment, we're nine people. Wow. Yeah. uh, Just to give you an idea, uh, our platform services about 20 million uh, unique visitors each month. We're almost, uh, let's say, present in all the uh, geographies, uh, we have customers in China. We we have a lot of traffic in China, uh, US, uh, South America, South Africa. And uh, yeah, uh, we do that with uh, a very uh, small team, but very, uh, let's say, well-organized. That's also part of our, uh, eventually, about our, uh, let's say, philosophy. So we try to hire for quality, not for quantity.
0: Got it. All right, Guillermo, it's now time for our lightning round. I'm going to ask you a series of questions and I'd like you to answer them as quickly as you can. Are you ready? Yeah. What's the best piece of business advice that you ever received? Cash is king. <laughs> what book would you recommend to our audience and why?
1: Oh, that's 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 actually a very tricky one. Uh, the Lean Startup, I would say.
0: What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur?
1: Uh, Perseverance.
0: What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: Asana. If you had to start
0: over tomorrow, what type of business would you go out and build?
1: If you would ask me this ten years ago, I would say electric cars. <laughs> I love electric cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm very jealous of uh, Elon. now, but uh, no. Um, yeah, uh, my passion lies actually in um, nutrition and healthcare. Also, so I I I'd say or something with learning. That's um, cool.
0: What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know?
1: Wow. Yeah, that that I cannot stand still. I mean, that people, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh actually people know that. They they're always imitating me here at the office like uh this is, uh, uh yeah, actually and what people don't know, I I actually that that I wouldn't know uh actually. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work?
1: Uh, I would say uh, learning. Like, you know, uh, I-, I love to learn. Le- yeah, and learn. I mean, I- I need, my brain, I notice I- if I don't learn, if, uh, I-, I become very unhappy. So I would say that's my second biggest passion.
0: Awesome. Guillermo, I want to thank you for joining me today and and sharing your experiences and insights with our audience and thank you for letting us get to know you a little better personally as well. Now, if folks want to find out more about Publitas or they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: I mean, uh you can uh, uh tweet me. I'm on, um I'm on Twitter uh Guillermo Sanchez or LinkedIn um i think i even have i mean any channel that you can find me on just uh ping me uh and i will beg, uh, get back to you so uh uh, uh uh yeah um just let me know uh, we're happy especially specifically entrepreneurs i believe very much in sharing uh, knowledge with each other uh and lessons learned and um yeah uh if if uh, somebody uh wants to reach out yes uh, and if <clears throat> If you do want to publish your PDF, obviously, or increase your conversion with uh, digital publication, uh, check out Pavitas.com. We have a great uh, free version nowadays, so uh, we're getting a lot of compliments about that.
0: Awesome. Guillermo, thanks again, and I wish you continued success. You too. Thanks a lot. Cheers.